It's the Too Dumb to Quit podcast with Jeremy McCall. He's dumb, way too dumb to even quit. So, you know, he has his own podcast now. Yeah, I do. (laughs) It's Jeremy McCall, and welcome to the Too Dumb to Quit podcast. This is a show where I like to highlight people and thoughts uh, about life and people who have persevered in the face of crazy industries and trials and situations and athletes and songwriters and musicians and people, CEOs who have worked their way up uh, through the company. And since we're not able to have any of those people on yet due to the quarantine, I wanted to highlight someone I was reading about this morning on the Daily Stoic, um, reading an article from Ryan Holiday on there. And um, it got me to thinking about... uh, highlighting some of these things with uh, our 16th president. I, I didn't know uh, a lot of this about him. I didn't know some of the obstacles that he faced and not just a man whose face is minted on our currency and emancipation proclamation or the 13th amendment promotion outlaw, you know, abolishing slavery. Um, but Abraham Lincoln had a, had a long and arduous path full of obstacles, full of pain and things that I think all of us can kind of relate with in one way or another with the obstacles that we find on our own. And long before he saved the union, abolishing slavery and modernized the economy, he was born into a one room cabin in Kentucky into poverty. Nine years later, his mother dies as a result of drinking tainted milk, and his 11-year-old sister Sarah is in charge of raising him with his um, brother. Ten years later, his sister Sarah dies while giving birth, and this is a huge, devastating blow to Lincoln. He was self-educated, did not fit into the form that his dad wanted. He was called lazy, he was called worthless, because his passion didn't lie within the physical labor of farm work. It wasn't his thing. And although he was known for his strength and audacity with, uh, through his wrestling, and I think they said he was 300 matches without being defeated, the, the farm life was not his. And as he grew, eventually having four sons, Three out of the four died before becoming adults. They believe it tuberculosis, heart failure, and fever uh, were the causes of death. And, and the death of, of his sons had profound impacts on him, obviously. And they called, um, he suffered from what they called melancholy back then, which would be known today as a clinical depression. So facing all of those obstacles and then going into his presidency, you look at what took place once he got into the White House. Six weeks after his inauguration, the Confederate uh, Army attacked Fort Sumter and the Civil War begins. His commanding general resigns a couple months uh, later, the $20,000 Congress appropriated to be spent over his four-year term for renovations at the White House. His wife overspent in a few months without him knowing. And just months before his first State of the Union address, the, there was a uh, diplomatic crisis known as the Trent Affair, which threatened a war with England. So this is a guy coming into the White House with very little political experience and almost no military experience. And he steps into the White House as the Civil War explodes. A shit storm hits his door. So in the first days of his administration, a biographer was writing. He tried to be orderly. Lincoln tried to read and digest all the morning papers that could reach the White House and just found it too time consuming. So he instructed his secretaries to prepare like a digest where he could peruse the headlines for him to go through. But he found it all just to be too much, too consuming. And the other thing he found was that the news was exaggerated depending on where it came from and who was writing it. Much like the things we're going through now at this exact moment, a lot of times we'll look at our situation so indulged and self centeredness or in ourselves or in our problems or our issues that we believe it's never been this bad. People have never been this. We've never been through this. Politicians have never been this terrible. And really what this is, is it's a repeating cycle since the beginning of time. If you were to Google a newspaper from the day you're born and read the news, it's going to feature the same type of issues we have now. We just didn't have the 24 hour to fill on television of the news. You think of all the hardship and the seemingly can't catch a break kind of luck that 
Abraham Lincoln endured. He pushed through his own self-doubt. And even in 19, um, or in 1841, Lincoln actually sought a doctor's help for his depression. And they don't really know what kind of treatment he received. But he later wrote in a letter to his law partner, I am now the most miserable man living. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. I awfully forebode. I shall not. There's a book called Lincoln's Melancholy by uh, Joshua Schneck, and he wrote uh, that at times Lincoln's behavior exhibited many of the symptoms of a major depressive episode, including changes in appetite, fatigue, feelings of worthlessness, and thoughts of suicide. And through this, Lincoln learned to deal or defeat this depression as he maintained a healthy attitude about it. it. He wrote in a letter again to a friend, he had a tendency to melancholy and he let it be observed as a misfortune, not a fault, and something he could work through and deal with to see it as an opportunity. This is a case for so many who strive to overcome major difficulties in life. Not only the mental kinds of things that so many people deal with, but Lincoln's struggles with depression made him a better man. It played an even bigger role in his successes. And we can look at some of the co methods that Lincoln employed to defeat the depression or deal with the, de- the depression that are, are still effective for us today and can still be put into use. And first one is finding a purpose. He talks about this a lot. Um, and Seneca the Younger back in the day of Stoicism, kind of this famous saying, if one does not know to which port one is sailing, no wind is favorable. And that holds so true for me. When we're locked down in this quarantine, we have to keep our purpose. We have to focus intently on the direction we're headed. So much anxiety and so much self-doubt is tied to the fact when we feel like we're spinning our wheels. We get up, don't really have a schedule. Oh, I might do this, might do that. And then at the end of the day, we feel this restlessness, this anxiety, this anxiousness in our chest because we don't know what the point of it was. We don't know what the focus of it was. Being able to write down a schedule, being able to go, okay, here's the stuff that's that I need to do today and taking small steps, finding the things that you can accomplish today, no matter how small the step is. You say, okay, you know, I, I really need to work on this contract or I need to work on this account or I need to work on this painting. Maybe you need a a, a certain color. Maybe you need a certain type of film. Maybe it's just a phone call or an email. No matter how small it is, every day, focus on taking one step in the direction for the thing that you're chasing. Whatever it is, making that phone call, sending a letter, sending the email to get one step closer to that purpose that we're all working so hard for and to continue to remind yourself what port you're aiming at. Where am I headed? Where do I want to go? What is the purpose of this? And focus intently on it. Another coping mechanism I think for obstacles is applying humor. And Lincoln's law firm partner once said that melancholy dripped off of Lincoln as he walked around, but he also kept a uh, witty sense of humor and with stories and making jokes. And he was quoted as telling a congressman one time to enter his office and tell me all you know, this shouldn't take long. The ability to do that, to step back and laugh at ourselves and at our shortcomings and at the obstacles that we're in are essential to us not taking ourselves too seriously, not taking the situation too seriously. And any time that you can find an obstacle or something as an opportunity by applying humor to it, it just brings everything down a notch. It takes the anxiety out of it and it allows us to look at this and say, look, this this is not going to last forever. This hardship is not going to kill anybody. This is just exactly what it is. It's a hardship. It's an obstacle and we're going to overcome it. And applying humor to it, it just makes it a better transition because we're all going to have these things. And finding joy, keeping an attitude of gratitude for just being alive, 
being present, breathing, it gives us purpose and it gives us another chance to be a better version of ourselves. It's that simple. Finding a thing, taking a walk, writing a journal, allowing ourselves a fresh start every day. You are not who you were yesterday if you choose not to be. The mistakes you've made do not define you if you choose not to allow them to do so. Finding joy, finding gratitude, being present and allowing yourself a fresh start every day. We all have a terminal disease of being alive. We're all currently dying and I'm going to treat people as such. And last but not least, cultivate your humility. Despite being the president of the United States, Lincoln did not have a problem with the ego. He was open to learn from others and even appointed adversaries to positions in his cabinet. His humility allowed him to accept failure and not be threatened by the successes of others. So his moods weren't affected by his own successes or failures. He removed the ego. So many times that we're hurt or we're offended by things because our ego is bruised. If we continue to remove the ego by helping others, putting ourselves in the situations of someone else, even if it's someone we don't care for, even if it's someone we don't get along with, finding the humanity in others often reminds us of our own humanity. And as proof of this, Booker T. Washington, who was born a slave and directly impacted by the Emancipation Proclamation, I think put it best about Lincoln. He said, I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position one has reached in life, but by the obstacles which one has overcome while trying to succeed. Each of us, no matter what field or background we come from, rich or poor, influence or no influence, we're going to have massive failures. We're going to have flops. These failures and obstacles are going to be used as opportunities or momentum killers. And this is all based on our thoughts. If we, if something we try falls flat, why not rewire yourself to see it as an opportunity to see where your process didn't work? Find the opportunity to grow, to be better, and practice the ability to see the obstacle as the way. Marcus Aurelius reminds us from, uh, you know, thousands of years later, standing at a wall of opposition is intimidating, but it also creates motivation. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And much in the way Abraham Lincoln did to reach these incredible world-changing effects for each of us, you can do the same. We can each do the same in our daily struggles, in the obstacles that come our way, finding a way to turn them into opportunities and to keep advancing for a happy life. Small changes in our mind make big changes in our life. That is our Too Dumb to Quit uh, chat today, friends, on Abraham Lincoln. Working on some really, really cool stuff coming up. So if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you share it with your friends. And there was an old radio friend of mine named Coyote who used to end all of his radio shows with this. So I'm going to end it with it today because it just seems like it fits. Don't take life so seriously. None of us are getting out of it alive anyway. (laughs) Cheers and uh, howl at the moon, friends. Talk to you uh, later this week. (laughs) 